Good morning to those of you who were not here at the welcome. We realized you had to maybe park in the grass is what I'm understanding, um, which is a problem. It's a good problem. And we certainly are not blind to that. We are, are kind of giving the month of September to kind of see what we might need to do uh, to continue to make space and make room for people. So if you're visiting here, we're just really super stoked that you're here and, and really are very thankful about that. Um, before I... Uh, Bring someone up here that we're going to say goodbye to as he makes his way off to college and has served us very, very well. Um, I want to speak to anybody in this room that you're competitive. You're a high achiever, high capacity, go-getter. Um, I can relate to that. As a matter of fact, I'll, I would go toe-to-toe with you on just about anything. And, and I will tell you, in my younger years, um, I was and still am very self-motivated. And, and a go-getter, and I, I go after it. And I realized in college that I wasn't big enough. And I found Jesus in that. And to any of you that are as competitive, if not more competitive than myself, if you're a go-getter, a high achiever, and you think you can figure it out on your own, God loves you way too much to let you be fooled by that much longer. And my hope and prayer is that you will find that you need Jesus and he will meet you right where you are and he will do amazing things in your life and you'll wonder why did I wait so long. So that is my hope and prayer for each and every one of you that are here and those that are tuned in live stream. And to that end, I'm going to pray and then I'll, we'll get to saying our goodbye, okay? Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your patience with us. And God, I know you hurt when you see us striving and struggling, and fighting in our own efforts to make a way, to figure things out, to get what we want, to accomplish what we desire. And Father, at the very end of that, I pray we would find that we're just no match for this world. And that we've been perfectly created in your image for you to be all of that to us. And I pray that those in here who have not found that yet, Lord God, may they do that. May it be an amazing day for them. And Lord, for those of us who have chosen to follow you, who have come to that point, God, I pray today would be an equipping day, a strengthening day, an affirming day. And that you'd be glorified in our hearts. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we jump into Scripture, Cage, come on up here. Uh, this is, you know, these are always the hard things we've got to do here. But Cage is... is uh, this is a smart guy. I got this. He did not want to have that microphone in his hand, but I said, sorry, you can't get away without doing this. Cage, how long have you been coming to High Point? Since I was like born. Thomas, you got us here? Since you were born? I think it's on. Yeah, it's on. Since I was like born. There we go. You hear that deep booming voice? I can remember. He's been coming for a long time. And as he grew, uh, he stepped into our, our tech position, just, or maybe was pulled in. Might, maybe that's a fair way to say that. And he just took a natural interest to it. And he would just figure things out. And we have been so blessed. When we moved into this building, it was, it was a daunting task to have to cover all the tech side of things. And Cage has done an amazing job for us. And, and Cage, we are really eternally grateful for, for you, for your patience with us. Cage was so respectful of us adults that he would never say no. And he about killed himself in the process. And we had to kind of say, Cage, you got to say no sometimes, okay? And hopefully you've learned to do that. But he is moving on to go to Western Washington, right? Yeah. And what are you going to major in? Computer science. <laughs> Mike, don't work. 
<laughs> Appropriate for the last day the cage would be here, our tech guy. Okay, all right. It is on. It's got a green light. Okay, so I just want you to know that he has served us well. We want to honor him in this way. We had, him, uh, had lunch with him uh, this, this week, and he's going to be going on, and he's going to be learning, believe it or not, more than he already knows. And he's going to serve God in some amazing way, and you're going to be around some very smart people, and we are going to pray that, that your love for Jesus is just going to kind of come out, and they're going to see that and think, wow, someone that smart can really love Jesus. Well, yes, they can. So I'm going to pray and ask God's blessing on you. Will you join me, please? Father, we thank you for the blessing of Cage. We thank you, Lord God, that he has grown up here, and we are truly uh, indebted to him for all that he has done for us and, and helped us to get to where we are. We pray your special blessing on him as he leaves, that he will go and you will challenge him with the brain you've given him, the ability to think uh, that you've given him, Lord. And we ask that, that, that he would um, complete his degree successfully, that he would get all that he needs to go out into the marketplace and to work in a way that would bring glory and honor to you just in working, God, to, to take what you've given him and to use it for the good of others. And we pray for his relationship with you. Uh, Lord, that you would protect that, that he would not um, pursue his degree more than he would pursue you. Lord, we pray that that priority of you being first would hold uh, in his life. Lord, we pray your blessing over his parents who have done well, and we thank you for Jeff and Heather and the way they've poured into him. And we give you, uh, we ask that you would give him our blessing as we give it to him as he leaves, Lord, and just say thank you so much for the blessing he's been in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you show your appreciation for Kate? kind of wanted to ask Cage, what's the best thing about working for me? But I, I think he, we don't have enough time for that. So we'll have to save that for another day, won't we? Okay. All right. Well, we are in week two of our message series on community. What I'll actually start next week is we're going to do a message series on prayer. If you, if you kind of maybe need to brush up on your praying abilities or understanding of prayer, we are going to start that because as I said last week, this is going to be a year of prayer. We're really going to focus on that. But before we get there, I want to finish out community because it's incredibly, alarmingly important. And I'm going to start with a question, and I want to ask, I'm not asking for an answer, so just keep this to yourself. But do you attend a church service, maybe one just like this? Do you attend it like you would attend a movie, or go to a restaurant, or go to the library? You know, where you kind of keep to yourself, you come in, you get what you want, and then you leave? Or do you treat a church service like a family gathering where you're really excited? You come in and you want to be around your people and you, and you draw an energy from that. And somehow, some way, they draw an energy from you. Because that has everything to do with the force that community can be and that God wants it to be. Technically, we call that the church. And the church ceases to be the powerful force that it is in the world when we come in as individual consumers and not as committed, I've got your back and you've got mine family members. And so we're going to continue in our second week of really beginning to understand that. If you recall last week, I shared with you that back in May, the Surgeon General said that we have an epidemic in our country. And this epidemic has health effects that would be the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's kind of funny, this week I got a text from someone with a picture they were reading a book where that exact stat was stated. And the epidemic that the Surgeon General spoke of was loneliness. 
And we need to understand that loneliness and being alone can be two different things. They don't have to be the same thing. That you can be around a lot of people just like this and still be lonely. And the answer to loneliness is community. Real authentic community, not pseudo community. And it's community, like we said last week, it's community that in one sense has a strong gathering force of purpose, common purpose. You see, Jesus has given the church and Christ's followers an epic purpose in life. And it's to be invited into God's reclamation and reshaping project of all of creation that has been marred by the sin of humanity. And it will not be done and completed until every nook and cranny and everything that's been created has been reclaimed and made right. And he starts with people. And Jesus came to save people. And Jesus came as God's beginning, the inaugural, I'm starting to reclaim and reshape what was always mine and I'm going to make it beautiful. But I'm going to start with people and I'm going to work through people. And so we talked about how important it is to realize what your purpose is, that we're all looking for purpose. And when we realize that we actually have a common purpose of being a part of this epic journey, this epic mission, that that draws us together in a very strong way. Well, this morning we're going to look at the second or a second, I should say, powerful drawing force. And it is love. Now, I know some of you guys just checked out on that love. Well, we're going to talk about love. We are going to talk about love. It might surprise you a little bit about kind of how we're going to talk about love. But that is, in, in all respects, a powerful drawing force. As a matter of fact, if you remember our aim statements, we talked about aim last week. We said aim was our way of trying to take what the scripture describes in a memorable way. We said aiming to know Jesus and make him known. That's what we're about. And the A in aim stands for activate our faith. The I stands for impact our world. And the M stands for multiply disciples. And then we looked at the eight statements behind our vision and our mission that inform everything we do. And statement number four says we will be a friendly, loving community that pursues healthy relationships, acknowledges our brokenness, and extends grace to everyone. And that's where we're going to go this morning. Is we're going to look at love and we're going to look at two types of love. And to do that, I'm going to ask you, let's get our Bibles open or our Bible apps open to our table of contents. And you're going to see that you have an Old Testament and New Testament. We're going to look at two books, kind of bounce back and forth between these two books in the New Testament. And that is actually going to be the book of John. It will be one book. So whatever page corresponds to in your Bible. And then Luke. I mean, they're right next to each other. So it shouldn't be that hard. Let's start with John because then you can flip back to Luke pretty quickly. But let's look at John. You'll be at chapter 1. I want you to turn to John chapter 13. We actually read this last week. But it's worth reading again. The first kind of love that we're going to look at that unites us is the love that Jesus speaks of in John chapter 13, verse, starting with verse 34. Jesus says, I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. And that's where I want to start. I want us to start with the love that we receive from Jesus. That we, we hold all of that in common. Is that Jesus extends, he loves all of us and he extends the opportunity for all of us to receive that kind of love. A kind of love that we need. 
Now what does that look like for Jesus to love us? How do we understand that? Well, maybe most vividly we see it on a cross. That Jesus who did not deserve to die. He was fully God and fully human. And he lived a perfect life in our place because he knew that his role, his purpose was to come and and absorb the judgment of God that we deserve for our brokenness and our sin in our lives. And to satisfy it entirely, knowing that he didn't deserve to die, God directed all of that into him as he hung on the cross. And then God raised him three days later, the resurrection, to say, I approve of what Jesus has done. That's why no one else has ever come back from the dead. They died in their sin. They died in their brokenness. The Bible says that's what we deserve. That's what we're going to get. Some comes earlier than others. But Jesus came back because Jesus did not deserve to die. And here's this amazing exchange is that when we put our faith and trust in Christ, we get credit for his perfect life. And we're right by God and we're forgiven by God. And so Jesus came so that we could be forgiven and he did so in a very sacrificial expression of love. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 20, this is what Jesus says, verse 28. He says, just as the son of man, the son of man was a very common expression that Jesus gave himself to describe himself. He says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus came and he, and he shows this incredible sacrificial love for you and for me. And the question is, do we want it? Will we receive it? And it's, it's really, you think it's a no-brainer in a sense. But to receive Jesus' love requires humility. Because understand, his message and what he did for us, the gospel, which means the good news, the gospel is offensive. Jesus' message is offensive It's offensive on a couple of accounts. First, it's offensive because Jesus says, I'm the Savior you need, which implies we need a Savior. And some of us walk around thinking we don't need a Savior, that we're doing all right. And to hear that we're not doing well enough, or that we're not strong enough, or smart enough, or good enough, is insulting. But that's what Jesus says, we need a Savior. And the second reason that the gospel is offensive is because Jesus is saying, not only do you need a savior, you can't do it on your own. I've got to do the work. And as a matter of fact, you are so broken that I have to come and and live a perfect life and then I have to die this, this heinous, gruesome death. Have you ever wondered, why did Jesus go that way? Why did God choose in history for Jesus to come when he came, when Rome was the the, the conquering empire, that that the death sentence for people um, uh, of treason was crucifixion? Couldn't there not have been a more humane way? Why did, why did, why then? Why that way? My friends, God wants us to see the, the picture of our brokenness and our sin in his mind and how offensive it is to him. A holy, perfect God. And here we are trying to be God. And God wants us to get a sense of how gruesome that really is if we are honest with ourselves. And so Jesus says, you can't do it. Only I can do it. And what I'm going to do is going to be offensive to you because your sin and my sin is that gruesome. 
And so we have this incredible sacrificial act of love. And the fact is, when we can actually admit that, when you can admit your brokenness, and I can admit my brokenness, that was so freeing for me. I was, I was explaining to you how competitive and, and um, you know, uh, go-getter kind of type. When I realized I was not enough, man, I, I thought that would be the end of me, but it was the beginning of me. It just was so freeing. It, it, it's honestly, it's, it's why when, when I speak to you I, I, and, and people thankfully hear what I'm saying and encourage me, I, I share my struggles up here because I'm free to do that. I mean, like, I'm nothing. Jesus is everything. So I'm not worried by that. And, and, and I speak in a way that I hope encourages you to, to embrace that same level of vulnerability and, and to realize your depravity and your brokenness and that Jesus is the answer for that. You'll never be more free than when you realize that you're not all that, but he is. And when we can admit that, my friends, the things that try to keep community from really happening, like pride and arrogance and judgment and those kinds of things, they lose their power. They lose their effectiveness. But here's the really important thing that I want us to understand about community It's this incredible sacrificial love that Jesus shows us that gives us any chance of showing that sacrificial love to one another in this room and beyond. You see, we've got to understand. uh, Well, let me, let's flip over to Luke. You're in in John. Flip to the left, just a few books. Get to Luke chapter 7. Let's look at Luke chapter 7 here for a moment. As a matter of fact, let me, while we're in Luke let me go to Luke chapter 5 first. Just to make, let's let Jesus to make the point I just made. He's talking to Pharisees. He's talking to professionally religious people. And this is how I know that, that sarcasm is condoned by God. He's okay with it. Because this is what Jesus says to these professionally religious people who thought they had enough. Who thought they were more than they were. Says Jesus replied to them, the healthy don't need a doctor, but the sick do. I've come to call the righteous. I've come, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. My friends, when, when you and I can really embrace our depravity and realize our need for a savior, your, your life is now wide open. And everything you've dreamed for and hoped for and desire and long for is in play. But getting back to once we realize the love that we have and, the, and, and what Jesus has done for us, it unlocks our ability to love in that way. So in Luke chapter 7, verses 44, start there, verse 44, it says, turning to the woman, he said to Simon, you see, Simon was, was some, of the, some, of the, some of the disciples and followers were, were, were confused why Jesus was, was letting a, 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 a woman known in the community as, as a sinful woman to be around him. He says, turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. In other words, to clean my feet off, dusty roads, right? You gave me no water for my feet, but she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little loves 
little. Note the connection here between being in touch with the depth of the forgiveness that we need and the ability to love like we've been commanded to love in John chapter 13. You will not be able to love, I will not be able to love unless we have first received the love of Christ. Which this leads now to the second type of love. We thought the first type of love that unites us is that Jesus loves all of us. And when we put our faith and trust in Christ, that kind of um, it, it activates that love and we're in a right relationship with God. And then we can love one another. And that's the second kind of love, which back to John chapter 13, when Jesus says, Verse 34, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus commands us to love like he loves. My friends, that's a supernatural kind of act and expression that cannot happen and will not happen until we've received and personalized this amazing sacrificial love that Jesus has for us. And note in this command in John chapter 13, note what comes first. It's that first, the way I have loved you, you now go and love others in that way. We must first receive and experience the love of Christ. And if we really personalize that and if we really believe that, it changes you supernaturally. The Spirit of God comes inside of you and enables you, empowers you, and actually gives you a desire to love in the way that we've been commanded to love. We could talk about that for a long time, about what that would look like in the expressions of this kind of love. But let me just say this, let me just say two things that I think are, are particularly important about community. And one is the way we show that love to one another is we serve each other. We serve one another. We've, we've been given spiritual gifts. Those who are followers of Jesus, you've been given these, these spiritual endowments it's the physical manifestation of Christ in the world. And he, he gives you the, the, the spiritual gift or gifts to go and then serve other people, to show your love for them. And my friends, over the years of High Point, there have been plenty of examples where I have seen in this church that people have sacrificed a great deal of time and energy and emotion for those who were hurting and sacrificed money, finances, to help in a time of need. It's, it's been humbling to see it. And I believe many of you would say that your life and relationship with God has changed for the better because of the investment people have made in you in the many different ways to become disciples of Jesus, to become followers of Jesus. And my friends, when, when you stop and think about that, that's one way that we love each other is we serve one another. That's why we try to get everyone on a service team is to give you that opportunity to connect and, and to develop community because you're giving your time and your energy and your emotion and your, and your resources to help others and you see it working. You see it helping them and they, and they respond back to you and, and that's that powerful force called the church that is unstoppable. That's what Jesus told Peter. He says, upon this rock, not even the gates of hell are going to win. We don't see that all the time. Because when you come as a consumer, it's not going to happen that way. A, a second way that we can love is, is when we pray for one another. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but 
How many of you have said, you heard someone, they, they, a struggle they shared with you, you said, ah, man, I'm gonna pray for you, and you forget. Maybe you have no intention. I mean, certainly it seems like in our culture today, our thoughts and prayers are with you, which they really mean we're just being nice right now on TV. We're just being nice in public. I, I doubt that many actually stop and, and, and pray and remember to pray. I, that used to be a challenge for me. I, I really, I meant sincerely, I want to pray for you. But what happens is life happens and you forget and before you know it, you've totally forgotten about it. So what I've tried to do now is I try to pray right there on the spot. And I, you know, I've got a prayer app too, which is really helpful to remember. But when you actually pray for someone, secondly, and with them, and then you follow up to see how they're doing, that's a powerful expression of love. They know they're not alone. They know that you're taking their hurt, their, their, their concern, uh, their struggle, their situation before the throne of God. And you're pleading on their behalf. I'm telling you, that's, that's got some stickiness to it, my friends. That's got some grip. And that's what unites us. We're united by the love that Jesus has for us, which then enables us to give back the love that we've received from Jesus to somebody else. And, and we do that through serving and through praying for each other. Community is the cure for loneliness, my friends. It is. We're trying that here. We don't do it perfectly. But we're trying to do that here. Now, that being said, and knowing how powerful uh, community is, this won't surprise you, that we have an adversary and we have an enemy. And he is going to do what he needs to do to try to destroy community, which means, my third point, is that we have to fight for community. We have to fight for it. It just doesn't sometimes come naturally. We have to fight for it because it's just that important. We have to do everything we can to change the mindset that church is something you merely attend rather than a family that you're connected in in a powerful way. Now here's two true statements that I've learned over the years. And I'm just going to be as straight up as I can about them. I realize there are some of you at times you've thought about leaving High Point. And some people have left High Point. Fair enough. There are some times that I've wanted you to leave High Point. I'm just being honest. And there are some times that I've wanted to leave High Point. But I realize that's just my flesh speaking. That's just me trying to get out of a tough situation. That's me not trusting God. That's me not valuing and fighting for what is very, very important to Christ. We've got to fight for it sometimes. We've got to push through. I mean, I would say that in, in all of the, in the intimate relationships that we have by virtue of God's blessing in, in marriage, with our children, in accountability situations, and certainly in the church, we have to fight for these things. Just consider this. this these are some amazing passages of Scripture. I'm going to throw one off at you. I know I said uh, John and Luke, but turn over to Mark real quick. You're in, in Luke. You've got to go back a few books to get to Mark. A couple books. To the left, all right? To Mark chapter 3. This will be a startling statement for some of you. Mark chapter 3. 
verse 31. Out of the mouth of Christ. Mark chapter 3, verse 31. Then his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. He replied to them, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who were sitting in a circle around him, he said, here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my mother, is my brother and sister and mother. Do you see what Jesus is doing? He is elevating the spiritual family above the biological one. And in particular what he's doing is he's elevating the spiritual family above the biological family, certainly within the biological family where one or more are not followers of Jesus. I mean, if you and your biological family, like in my case, my wife is a follower of Jesus for which I am very thankful for, it just doesn't get better than that. But that's not the case all the time. But all I want you to see is the importance and the significance of this right here. Of us right here. Feel the weight of Jesus' words. He values. And the, bio- the spiritual family is important enough to him that he would say such things with an earshot of his mother, brothers, and sisters. Community, the family that we are, united by purpose and united by love, is very, very important to Jesus. All right, now back, turn to back chapters, uh, or John, chapter 17. You you were in 13, turn to John chapter 17. This is a, a, a very famous prayer of Christ. Again, we see the significance of community and how important it is and why we must fight for it. In John chapter 17, verse 20, he's praying for, he's prayed for his immediate disciples. Now he's praying for everyone who will become disciples because of the disciples. Remember the Great Commission, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Teaching them, or baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, we're them, everything I've commanded you. So he's telling his disciples, go teach them to make disciples, who will then be taught to make disciples, and so on and so on. And now he's praying for those who will be made disciples from the apostles. He says in verse 20, I pray not only for these, meaning the disciples, the apostles, but also for those who believe in me through their message. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us so the world may believe you've sent me. When we are in community and when we are through this powerful gathering force of purpose are united by purpose and when we're united by love, not the romantic love, the sacrificial love that we've been commanded, that we can only really extend once we've received it ourselves, that gives the world an idea of who Jesus is. And so we see how important community is immensely important to Jesus and we have to fight for it. Now, how do we fight for it? Real quick. We fight for community through vulnerability. You see, what we need to recognize is that there's a stronger connection from our struggles and our successes. And so when we're together, that's why I'm up here talking, that's why I share my struggles with you because I realize it, it draws us closer to each other because you're like going, yeah, I struggle too. And there's hope for me. And when I hear other people sharing their struggles, I mean, I'm attracted to that because I'm like, 
there's authenticity. That's what we're looking for. That's what we desire. Not, not people who pose and impersonate and try to fool. But when you're vulnerable with others and I'm vulnerable with others, my friends, we're fighting against all of the, the threats and enemies to community. Secondly is forgiveness. Huh. Woo. All right. Now we're stepping on toes here. Forgiveness is not amnesia. It's an attitude and an action. Forgiveness is realizing you've been hurt, but because you have been forgiven by God in Christ, you let that person off. You no longer treat them as if they did that wrong. You no, no longer think the things you were thinking before because of that wrong. Now, you might have to draw a line just out of safety. I'm, let's don't want to get into that. But the point is, we, we, we forgive in an authentic community. You see, when you hold on to bitterness and resentment, my friends, that's emotional suicide. Because in your head, you're just sitting there seething and they don't know a doggone thing about it. Nor do they care. You're just like eating yourself up from the inside out. That's what unforgiveness leads to. And so how do we fight for community? We forgive. We keep short accounts. When we know we've hurt someone, we go to them. Say, man, I'm sorry. Did I hurt your family? We go to them because we're fighting for community. Lastly is presence. Presence and time. That's how we fight for community. Being present. Giving time. When you come and, and, and when I see you and hopefully when you see me, there's, a, there's, a, there's something good about that. There's an encouragement to that. Presence matters. At all different ways in which the church gathers. Now here comes another shot at a group in the church. I want to talk to the OG. I sound pretty hip there, don't I? The OG. I think I learned last week what that meant. So I thought, I'm going to use that in the sermon. Why not? <laughs> the old guard. Some of you have been coming to High Point for a long time. Thank you. Thank you. And you have your little community within a larger community. And so showing up and, and your presence at different functions and events and, and gatherings isn't as important to you as it once was because now you're connected. And I'm glad you're connected. But please understand, we need your presence. And the people that are new, and you, you know, the thing I'm, I'm regularly hearing from a number of the OG, I don't recognize that many people anymore. It's because we got a lot of new people coming. And they need you. I mean, it thrills me when I hear and when I see the old guard at some of our events. When I see him at family camp. Men's breakfast, when I hear about the draw near ladies event and I, and I hear the old guards there and what, why are they there? They've heard all the things. I've been there long enough to know they're there for the new people. They're there to connect and to help the new people come in. So there's the shot across the bow to the old guard. We need you. We need you. Okay. Hopefully, after these two weeks, you've got a sense of how important community is. And, and, and we're trying to do our very best, albeit imperfectly, to have a community that really is a, a, a unstoppable force that is the church for the glory of God, for the good of the people in, in, in this area and beyond.
uh, folks, our schools need, need us as committed followers of Jesus who have a place called this community where we're equipped and trained and we're sent out. Our, our schools need us. Our, 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 our businesses need us. Our neighborhoods need us. Our governments need us. And, and this is where we come in, not to sit and soak, but this is where we come in to be trained, equipped, and to be sent out on this epic mission of God who's reclaiming and restoring his creation, and he starts with people. I, mean, I don't know that you can find anything more exciting than that. So here's my challenge for you this week. We have today's Connection Sunday. All right, uh, please, uh, may I encourage you to, to get into a, a small group. Please get in a small group. This is how you'll connect. This is the level at which we all need that kind of transparency and accountability and vulnerability and love and connection. Uh, consider a service team as well. It's another way to get connected, to, to love people, to, to follow the commands, love one another. How do we do that? By serving each other. Gentlemen, we have a men's retreat coming up here soon. Please sign up for the men's retreat. It's going to be amazing. You can do that online. You, you put on the connect card right, right now as well and you can turn that in. Speaking of the connect card, take a look at it. We put on there places where we need help. So look at it and find an area of interest that you like. Check the box. Step out. Put it in the box and we will call you and get you connected. Okay, let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Lord, I pray your blessing over these two weeks that we will draw tighter and closer to each other, Lord, that we will not come into this place as consumers but as family members excited for the gathering of family for the equipping and the preparation to go out and to be the people of God for your glory and your amazing project in Jesus' name, amen.